The following sermon is by a guest speaker at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. We hope you are encouraged by the following message. Well, normally, I would say to you now, open your Bibles and get ready to go. However, you get kind of a special treat today, and... Um, have you? I was talking to a friend, and I was letting him know that I wasn't preaching this week, and he said to me, are you practicing? Down for a second. I want to talk for a uh, But uh, he, <laughs> he, said, uh, he said, are you practicing load, load management? I don't know if any of you are familiar with that term. In the NBA, the superstars don't play every game, you know, because they can rest and be ready to go. So he sarcastically said, so you're practicing load management, so you're ready for the Christmas season? That was total sarcasm. That's not at all what's going on here today. Uh, hopefully, we'll be ready for the Christmas season. But what's happening today is last year, actually, it was this Sunday, my wife and I were gone. We were out in Colorado. And uh, for the first time here in this pulpit, we had uh, Josh Galvin preach. Uh, Josh has worked with our teens around here for three or four years. I should say Josh and Hannah have worked with our teens around here for three or four years. And we appreciate the job that they did and, and wanted uh, you to get a chance to meet him and know him a little bit better and have him share the word with you. And uh, we weren't here last year when he preached. And uh, everybody, you know, gave me that, hey, that was good, <laughs> which is a way of saying you could take a break anytime you want. Uh, we can listen to Josh, Josh preach. I've, I've learned that, you know, the hidden messages that are in there. So uh, I've been looking forward to getting another chance to let Josh uh, share with us from the Word of God. And today is such a day. So, Josh. Well, hopefully after that, I don't, you know, completely bore you. Um, and that's okay. I'm the substitute, so it's good. Um, he can take his break, and I can you know, try to communicate what God has to say. Um, so before we get started, a little bit about myself. If you don't know me, as Pastor Dan said, I lead the youth here, and I my actual job is I'm a phys ed teacher at a school outside of Benton Harbor, and I get kids up and moving all day long. It's like my thing. I hate sitting still. So Teaching where I don't get to like, hey, do this and go run, have fun, um, is different for me. So I get to, uh, I don't know, I'm going to have you move a little bit, not a lot. Um, but I get to speak to you guys, and I'm excited to, to share what God's placed on my heart and excited to share what, what Paul says in Second Corinthians uh, with you guys. So I'm going to go ahead and read the passage we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking about shifting our perspective um, from kind of yourself onto what Christ would like for us. And when I read this passage today, we're going to be reading in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 uh, through 21. If you could stand, right? Phys ed teacher, sorry, i got to make you stand. I know you just sat down, I'm sorry. Um, but it's good for you. All right, so it's going to be on the screen if you don't have your Bibles. Um, and we'll go ahead and read this. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though... We once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. All right, I'm going to pause there for a second. At the beginning it says, from now on. Uh, some versions might say, therefore. And I had a professor in college who always said, if you see a therefore, you need to find out what it's there for. Um, so when we start talking, we'll go back towards the end and find out what this whole thing is all there for. Therefore, if anyone in Christ, or sorry, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old one has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All things, or all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
That is, in Christ God, who was reconciling the world to himself, now counting their trespasses against them, or sorry, not counting, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Before you sit, all right, I know you guys are like, man, he's already made a stand. Now what does he make us do? All right, I'm going to shift your perspective of the room really quick, okay? So I want you to all turn and face away from me and face the back of the room, okay? So now you get to see what I see. This is my perspective of the room. You're welcome, all right? So if I'm ever talking too long and you're like, man, this guy won't get on with it, you can actually see at the bottom of the screen, you can see my next point. Right? So you can just look back and be like, all right, he's boring. I want to fill in my, my thing here. You can look back there. Or if you're like, man, what time it is? Look, you got a clock there on the side too. Um, and you can see the, the room from a different perspective. You can go ahead and turn right back around and have a seat. All right? But that's kind of what we're going to be talking about, how something happened, right? And now we have a new perspective. All right? I'm going to give you a little sneak preview at the end. You know what happened, right? Christ died for you. Okay? So now we have a new perspective. Just like I made you turn around, right? You had something happen to you. Now you have a new perspective of the room, okay? So uh, an example of this kind of would be uh, growing up as a guy, you know, you, you want to chase after a girl, date a girl, hopefully find out if this girl's the one, right? You want to you wanna marry her and have a family with her. You're all excited, right? And then in my case, God blesses me with two daughters, and all of a sudden my perspective on dating has now changed, Right? So I had this awesome perspective of like, I'm a great guy, I'm going to, you know, date a girl, and that's what I want, and all of a sudden now I have a daughter, and I'm like, I don't want a guy anywhere near my girl. I'm like, stay away. Um, so my perspective on how she approaches dating is very different than how I told myself to approach dating, right? So I have a new perspective, because something happened, right? God blessed me with a daughter, and now dating doesn't mean the same thing it used to mean, Right? So the first thing that we're going to talk about is how we need to shift our perspective on or our view of people, okay? So what does that even mean, right? Shift your view of people. Well, most of us, when we look at a person, we meet them, we greet them, we're like, hi, nice to meet you. We might get to know them, become friends with them, right? But what I'm, what I'm going to argue for you today is that when we shift our perspective, it's no longer on flesh, Right? We're no longer just trying to get to know you. We're no longer just trying to, I don't know, be a passerby right? in the workplace or wherever. We are now trying to look towards the eternal. Right? So no longer from flesh, right? but rather to the soul. Okay? What that means is, instead of focusing on what's here right now, it gives us a perspective of looking to the eternal. Right? When you talk to somebody, when you shake their hand for the first time, instead of thinking, oh, that's a new person I just met, right? you think this person has a bus heading for them. Right? And right now, I don't know them. They might be saved. They might be out of the way of the bus, but they might not be. Right? And if you were standing on the curb and there was a person standing in the road and there was a bus heading their way, right? you wouldn't even think. You would immediately step off that curb, tackle that person out of the way of the bus, and save their life, right? But all of us are very aware of an eternal bus heading towards people, right? They have an option. They can either be out of the way, live eternally with Christ, or they can go to hell. And we, knowing this, knowing what Christ has done for us, 
have a different perspective. Okay? Now when we greet the person, we have to think, I'm shaking their hand. Do I pull them out of the way of the bus? Or do I say, you know what? I don't want that reputation. I don't want them to view me that way. So I'm just going to hang back here for a little bit. And maybe after six years of getting to know this person, I might bring up the fact I'm a Christian. Right? But they might not ever know that about me, hopefully. Right? Or we can shift that perspective and think, okay, I know this person. I just met this person. I'm working with this person or I'm going to school with this person. And now instead of just getting to know them because they're a person, I'm going to now get to know them because they're a potential soul that Christ wants in his kingdom. And I might be the vessel he uses to connect them to him. Right? So instead of seeking after them in fleshly terms or even what we could get from them, right? We sometimes do that too. We look at them as their soul or their eternal standing and it changes how we interact with them, right? Um, In verse 17, uh, Paul calls us new creatures, okay? Um, What what he means by that, right? It's, It's almost like you completely changed what you were, right? So if you're looking for your next point, remember if you get bored of me, it's in the back. You can change your perspective. Um, but you are new creatures. The, the same idea, right? Instead of, imagine with me for a second if I had a squirrel up here. And this squirrel would immediately start, I don't know, running around the stage and looking for nuts and digging holes in our carpet and, I don't know, climbing on the ceiling and distracting all of you while I'm talking, right? And that's what a squirrel would do because that's what his nature is, Right? And if I, like, snapped my fingers because I'm an awesome wizard magician person and turned them into, or that squirrel into a wolf, right, now you guys are all a little nervous, aren't you? Right? Squirrel, not threatening, maybe distracting, but not threatening. Right? Wolf, pretty, pretty threatening. You might decide to leave. Um, but that wolf is no longer going to be rummaging around looking for nuts on the floor. Right? It's no longer going to be digging holes in our carpet, although it might. Um, but it's going to be looking for its pack, it's going to be looking for uh, something to devour, right, some animal to go and hunt, because it's a new creature, right? We wouldn't expect them to, to do the same thing as a squirrel, right? I could do this with any animal. You insert the animal, I change it, it changes what its job role in its environment is, right? When you got saved, when you chose, I'm going to believe what this gospel says, you were turned into a new creature. You went from a squirrel to something else, right? You went from a creature that solely seeks yourself, right? You're chasing after the things you can gain in this world, the job, the title, the, the money, the boat, the whatever, right? That's what you're chasing, and now you have a new perspective. You're no longer chasing after that, right? Uh, it talks about how we should view people eternally like we view Christ, right? Um, so that means we're no longer chasing relationships with people simply to have a relationship with people or to have friendships or find fulfillment, but rather, right, we're chasing after people eternally. The, the word it uses is we get to be the message of proclamation of reconciliation, right? Um, the way or what reconciliation means in this passage is basically equivalent change or meaning if I was a money changer, right, uh, when James and I and a group of people went down to Guatemala we got down to the country, they handed him, or James handed the people a whole bunch of money in American dollars, right, which aren't very useful down there, um, and they changed it for new money, right, or the idea of, like, I have a 20 here, if I walked up to pastor and I was like, hey, 
you got change for a 20, and he's like, here's three ones, right? You think I'm going to make that change? No, right? It's 20 bucks. It's not even close, right? We want exact change for this. What the idea is right now, eternally speaking, we're all shortchanged, right? It would be like pastor offering me $3, right? It's never going to equal what it should equal, and the message of reconciliation is the idea that Jesus fills in that gap, right? So now, God accepts our $3, right? Because Jesus, basically, in reality, we have no dollars, but Jesus pays the 20 for you, right? And says, here, I'll give you that even exchange, my life for theirs, right? And so now that we know that, he did it for us. We should be so excited, right, that we want to tell other people. If I walked up to you and I said, hey, Curtis, do you have a change for a 20? He goes, nope. And I'm like, sweet. And I give him the 20 anyway. And I'm like, thanks for even change. He's going to be like, well, that was weird. Um, and then he's going to probably tell his wife, hey, Josh gave me a 20 and said we were even. I don't understand what's going on. He's crazy, right? But he wanted to tell somebody because somebody just handed him 20 and called it even change, right? We should be so excited that God called our life even change that we want to tell somebody about it. Right? Uh, in youth group, I kind of give the idea of imagine if you were like really, really sick like for months or years on end and then you had this giant hospital bill, more than you would ever be able to pay. Right? Millions of dollars. And then somebody stepped up and was like, hey, don't even worry about your bill. It's paid. Right? You just paid off your $3 million bill. Gone. You don't have to worry about it. You're healed. You're perfectly normal again, but you don't have this debt anymore. Right? None of you would be like, I'm not telling anybody that, right? You'd be so excited that you'd want to tell anybody that would listen that somebody just paid $3 million on your debt, right? And if that person was like, hey, I'm going away for a weekend, would you mind watching my dog? You're going to be like, uh, sure, yeah, whatever you need. You want me to mow your lawn, do your laundry, clean your house? Like, what do you want, you know? Because you're excited about what they did for you. Well, the debt God paid for you, way bigger than $3 million, right? It's eternal, Right? Something you would never be able to pay. He paid it for you. We should be so excited, elated, that we want to tell whoever will listen. Right? Our perspective is now different. We are now forgiven. Therefore, we want others to see that same reconciliation. We want others to get the $20 bill. Right? The next thing that you're going to shift is your reputation. All right? So I want you to imagine with me for a second that you, you turned like 13, 14, and you, you got in your mind that you wanted to become a spy, right? You're like, yes, I think it sounds awesome. I watched every James Bond movie six times, right? And it just sounds like a sweet option for life. So you start learning languages, right? You, you get like seven down by the time you graduate high school because you're awesome at it, right? You, you go to the firing range. You make sure you have all sorts of skills, and then you apply, right? And then... You, you get in, and the CIA gives you, like, a secret spot to meet, and then they, like, shove a bag over your head and transport you to where you're going, and you're now at the training facility, and you're excited, and they start teaching you where you're going to be, that you're going to insert you in a different country, and they start teaching you the culture, and they start teaching you the things that that culture wants, right? And they start teaching you what it looks like, how much things cost, and the different amounts, and they, they give you everything you possibly need to be able to be inserted into this culture, right? And when you get there... Your whole goal, basically to not be noticed, 
right? You want to hide basically in plain sight, get to know maybe somebody so that you can learn from them their secrets and pass them back to your country, right? That's the job of a spy. That's not what we're called to do, right? We are not called to be spies like that. But oftentimes, isn't that kind of what we do, right? We learn the language of our culture. We learn the things that our culture wants, and we, did, we end up wanting the same thing, right? And our whole goal is to blend in, even though we believe this Jesus thing. We try to blend in so that others don't see that we are. We're like Jesus spies, right? And we come back to church, and we tell people what happened with our week, and we report back what we learned from, you know, the culture that we live in and how we can personally grow, but oftentimes we don't ever reveal our secret identity, right? Which is not what we're called to be, right? Now, let's rewind here for a second. Imagine with me, instead of being a spy, you decide, you know what, I want to be an ambassador, right? For the United States of America, that's what I want to be. A lot of the things are similar, right? You're going to go and you're going to try and learn different languages, so that you can go to a different country and you can learn and speak with the people there, right? You're going to learn about their culture, just like you might if you were a spy, but you're going to learn about their culture so you can relate with the people and make sure that the reputation of America or the United States is good, right? And then you're going to go to a training facility. It's going to be a totally different one. You're not going to be shooting bad guys and stuff, but you're going to go and learn how to diplomatically share the wills of America with other people, right? And then when you get all the way there and you get selected as the ambassador for whatever country it is, they send you off, you get there. And when you get there, they give you a car that has flags on it, right, that fly the American flag so everybody knows that you're United States, right? You pretty much live in an embassy that says it's, I'm the United States in this ground, even though it's in a different country, is the United States, right? And everybody you meet, you shake their hands and they know that you're an American, Right? And they know your goal is to make sure the interests of your country are best served. Right? That is what we're called. So if you're looking at that next point, we're ambassadors, not spies, right? But that is what we're called to be like. We are called to be Christian or Jesus ambassadors. Okay? And that, uh, all the way, it's pretty much towards the end there, but we are. I didn't even, oh, there we go, verse 20, right? We're called to be ambassadors, and what that means is when we go out into our culture, it's not a bad thing to learn about the culture and want to know it and appreciate it, right? There's nothing wrong with that. It's actually helpful, right? You can get to know people. You can relate with people. But our goal behind why we're doing that should be obvious, right? When we're getting to know somebody, when we're learning who they are, they shouldn't, we shouldn't be hiding, right? One, you got nothing to be ashamed of, right? There's no shame in believing that Jesus is who he says he is, right? And so we don't need to hide it like a spy, right? And it's a whole lot easier to get other people to believe what you believe if they know you believe it, right? If they don't know you believe something, then how in the world are they going to believe it themselves, Right? And oftentimes we hide what we believe for fear that we might, what, pressure them? We know what they believe. Right? We know what somebody who's unsaved believes. They tell us. Right? I have a, a friend at work and I talk with him and 
He's more than happy to share me with what he believes and all that type of stuff, so why would I be different? Right? Because I'm an ambassador of Christ, it should be obvious. Not that you have to drive around with the Christian flag, you know, the little cross and the blue square in the corner flying on your car, right? But you should be noticeably different. And if we're noticeably different, again, I'm going to kind of keep tying this back. I do this with my youth group as well. There's a reason why we do that, right? It's not just so that others can come, although that is huge, right? But it's because what Christ did for you, okay? And if you understand what Christ did for you, just at the beginning when I talked about reconciliation, we should be just as excited to be ambassadors for him because what he did for us, right? If that same person who paid your $3 million debt that you were never going to be able to pay asked you to go on a trip and represent his country, or sorry, not his country, his, um, he might own a country if he's got that kind of money, but, um, but his company, right? You're going to be like, sweet, where's the polo, right? Let me put that on and put your company's name on my chest, right? So that everybody I walk up and shake their hand knows that I'm from whatever corporation that you own, right? So the reason behind what we do should travel through all of this, right? We want other people to know that Jesus is who he says he is. We want other people to know that we believe that, right? The, the last thing we need to shift, right, is our motivation. Now, when I say shift our motivation, I kind of just touched on it a little bit, but uh, and a great example of this would be for when, when I was just a single person at college, right? My motivation was pretty much myself, right? I'm here, I'm going to get a degree, Right, I love teaching phys ed, so I'm going to get a degree where I can basically play games all day because that sounds fun, right? Um, and so I went there. I was getting a degree. I had this like motivation of hopefully meeting a wife one day, right? But the reason for that was more or less because I wanted a wife, right? Not because I was hoping to serve her, right? Um, and then as you get to know this girl more and more and more, you start realizing like if this is going to work, I'm going to have to you know stop being self-serving right, and start being spouse-serving, right? And so we get to know each other, we get married, and all of a sudden when you're married, your perspective of why you do everything changes, right? You're no longer going to school so that you can get this awesome job where I can play sports with kids, although that's a perk, right? But I'm going to school so that I can provide for my family, right? I am getting this job in this area so that my kids can live in a good area, right? Or they can live near family. I am doing this for them, right? My perspective went from myself to my family. And when we do that, it's a good thing, right? In this case, our perspective should go from ourself to what Christ wants or what Christ has done Right, that whole idea of reconciliation. We should be wanting to make sure that our motivation is there rather than on ourself. Right? We're not sharing the gospel so that we can have lots of people who are saved because of me. Right? I'm not up here preaching today so that everybody can be like, Hey, you are a great speaker. I, I don't even think I am. So but that's not why I'm here, right? I'm not teaching kids phys ed anymore because I want them to just be healthy, although that's true, right? 
I'm doing these things so that I can honor the one who paid my price, right? In the passage, I'm actually going to read these verses to you guys. Um, In the end, right, verse 21, it says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. All right, and then at the beginning, remember I kind of told you there was a therefore, right? And so we need to look back and figure out what it's there for. Um, In verse 16, he says, Therefore, from now on, we recognize one according to the flesh, or sorry, no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in a way or in that way no longer. So why is that even there? Why is it even saying that? Well, we look up one verse in verse 15. We didn't read this one yet. It says, And he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Right? So we no longer, as it says, live for ourselves, but rather live for him and for what he's done for us. Right? It says we no longer live for ourselves, but him who died and rose again on our behalf. Therefore, right? Now we do these other things, right? Now we shift our perspective of people, right? Now we shift our perspective on our own reputation. We no longer care about our reputation, right? We want to make sure that we're that ambassador, right? We no longer are motivated by what we want, right? But rather, we're motivated, motivated by what Christ wants. And if we're motivated by what Christ wants, then the things we do are very, very different, right? Just like my family is very different, and so now I need to be motivated by something very different. Uh, an example of this would be when, when I go fishing, right? I love fishing. It's one of my favorite things to do. If I'm going to fish in Florida, where I grew up, I might change my bait depending on what I'm fishing for, Right? Uh, I used to catch redfish all the time. Uh, If you don't know what that is, it's a drum type of fish. It's about that big. Um, It was fun to catch. We'd go out, we would wade, and there was a certain spot we would go to catch that fish, right? It was by the mangroves, and we had a certain way we'd fish. But when we would go out at the beginning, we would try and catch a certain fish. It's called a pinfish, okay? It's about this big. It's striped. has little pins on the top that are really, really sharp. Don't touch them. Um, And we would use that fish to catch these redfish, right? Whereas when I would go out on the flats, right, different type of water, different area, right, I'm now fishing for trout. I'm no longer using the same pinfish, right? We would use a gulp bait, if you know what that is. It's a scented little bait um, that looks like a worm, okay? It's kind of weird looking, but you use that to fish for those. You even use a whole other rigging. Same pole, right? Same person fishing, but my whole rigging has changed. My bait has now changed, right? And I'm catching a whole nother fish. And I could keep going and list all the different fish because each one, we pretty much had a specific type of bait that we tried to use to catch it, right? And all of that was motivated out of the same motivation, though, right? We wanted to bring fish home so that we could have fish for dinner, right? You, as people, are going to go out and you're going to seek people, right? Be fishers of men. You're going to seek people. But the way you do it might change, but the motivation never does, right? With one person, you know, like my friend at work, it might be constant conversations where we just kind of roll over what we believe until hopefully one day he uh, 
agrees with me, right, and sees from my perspective, right? With another person, it might be that door-to-door evangelism, right, where you're going and you're greeting new people, right? With a third person, it might be, hey, it's that person across the street that I go and rake their leaves for. Uh, somebody was telling me a story the other day of they had extra time on their hands, so they went and raked somebody's leaves. Didn't even think the person noticed, right? Didn't think they knew who it was. And then a year later, that person came up and said, hey, my garage door broke, and I didn't know who else to go to because I don't have any family. And I saw you raked my leaves. Would you mind helping me out? And he got an awesome opportunity to go in and fix that lady's door and share the gospel with her. Simply because he was like, hey, I got some extra time, and she looks like she could use her, ra- her leaves raked. Didn't even think she knew. And it turned into something else, right? So his motivation wasn't, uh, I don't know, I want money from this lady, right? It, that's not what it was. It was, I want to be able to share the gospel with her, right? I want to be able to serve her like Christ did. So he just, like, yeah, instead of going inside and flipping football back on, on a Sunday afternoon, he decided he'd go do it, Right? When we're motivated by that, we do things like that, right? We look for opportunities to share the gospel, to be Christ followers that are visible. And that makes a difference. But you're not going to be able to do it over the long haul, right? If your motivation is to come here on a Sunday and look good in front of the other Christian friends that you have, right? You might be like, yes, I'm all gung-ho and I'm going to serve this weekend, right? But if it's not motivated out of that and it's motivated out of wanting to impress people here at the church or wanting to do what your family wants you to do, then it's going to fizzle out, right? Eventually, that motivation is not going to be sufficient. Eventually, you're going to become tired, worn out, and think, man, I can't do this. But when we shift that to a motivation of what Christ has done for us, it changes. All of a sudden now, our motivation never runs dry. Right? Our strength is never going to run out because it doesn't come from us anymore. Right? It doesn't come from wanting to impress people. It comes from a willingness and a desire to love the person who loved us so much Right, that they came, as pastor's going to talk about you know, in the next few weeks, they came from heaven. Right, guy who can create stars decided to become a baby. And just think about that for a second. Um, go from being able to breathe stars to you can't even go to the bathroom, right? Um, it's a huge difference. Um, he did that for you. Okay, Think of all the abilities you have right now. How many of you would retroactively go back to being a baby for somebody else. Probably not many of you, right? Most of you like your freedoms that you have as an adult. He did that for you. And knowing that, I, I know I've said it a bunch of times, my wife makes fun of me because I'm a teacher and I repeat things, um, but my kids don't listen to me, and you're adults, you do listen, but it's still a habit. Um, but knowing that, I can't stress it enough, changes why we do what we do. And if that changes, then we can make it last, right? My, my youth kids would know if I asked that question, at least I hope at this point they would know, if I asked that question, why do we do that, right? Why do you obey your parents? Why do you 
save your money and be good stewards of it? Why do you behave in school? The question always should boil down to because I have an awesome God who died for me and I want to honor him, right? It should always boil down to that, right? Sure, we obey our parents because we don't want to get in trouble, right? Or you, as adults, right, you, you do what you're supposed to at work because you don't want to get fired, right? But that's not really why, right? If we're being honest, our motivation should come from no longer I don't want to get fired, right, to I want to represent Christ well, right? And I want everybody at my workplace to know that I'm a Christ follower. And if that is the case, and then you also work really well, right? Now you are a good ambassador, right? Imagine if our ambassadors of the United States went over to another country, and then everything they did was lazy, right? And was like self-serving rather than country-serving, right? And then they started like not even caring about the, their own country anymore and they started like serving the country that they're in, right? Which would be like us serving the world, right? But they still, we, everybody there still knows that they're an ambassador. All of a sudden, that ambassador no longer has the same effect anymore. It has the negative effect, right? Now America looks really, really, really bad, right? They look lazy. They look self-serving. They look like they care more about the country they're in than the one that they're serving, right? And that's not a good thing. Flip that around, good, right? But we don't want to be the alternative. So at work or at school or whatever, it should be obvious that we are a Christian, right? And then we should work diligently for that reason, for what Christ did. I know I've said it like six times. I'm sure you're tired of hearing it. And there's no more points for you to look back in the back. So if you're bored, I'm sorry. Um, but I'm just going to read this verse and then I'm going to pray and close. Um, I just want that reason why to really go home. And I think Paul says it way better than I ever could. He died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. All right, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity uh, to be here. I thank you for your word. And I thank you, most importantly, for what you've done for us. And I pray that we go out from here and we are able to no longer be self-serving, um, no longer view people as just temporal and here, but rather through your eyes um, and with the love that you give us. Thank you for all of this, and I pray for this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Josh. No, uh, one of my favorite things about the Word of God um, is the fact that it is a mirror. You know, in the Old Testament, we find that it's a light to our path. In the New Testament, actually, in the book of Corinthians, it talks about it being a mirror that we look into. I always think about it as the idea of, you know, okay, wait a minute, I better check this and make sure, okay, my hair is out of place or, you know, uh, other issues that I might have that I don't want to walk out in, in, in public and, uh, and be embarrassed by. But uh, I love that when we sit and look at the Word of God, and, and today it was so clear to me. I just want to share for a second, you know, the, the view that God gave me. Because I've, I've shared with you before, I'm not crazy about telling people that I'm a pastor. 
<laughs> okay? I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. I'm not really confessing that one. You know, so I like to tell them I'm a bus driver or I work in Edwardsburg somewhere, you know, like that. For, uh, because people's reactions sometimes when you say I'm a pastor is just different. It just changes them completely. And I, I'm not crazy about that. But, you know, I realized as Josh was pre preaching with that, that because of that, in a lot of cases, I've become kind of an undercover Christian, you know, where I'm, I'm hiding my job, uh, but in the whole social process, I'm, I'm hiding my identity that I am also a believer in Jesus Christ. I got really thinking about that, and there's a couple specific areas in my life where I, thought, I think, you know, that needs to change. Um, for he is the one who has reconciled us to himself and given us a ministry of reconciliation. That's a cool word, really, to think about and study and dig. Would you stand with me? And uh, as to charge out today, two things I want to remind you. I forgot to mention, hopefully you saw it in the bulletin. There's a ladies uh, get-together for Christmas uh, craft night, I believe. Cookie exchange, that's what I meant. Crafts, no crafts. Don't bring crafts. Uh, Thursday night, but uh, hopefully you saw that. And uh, then also, I noticed out there, there's that table over there that has the uh, Advent uh, packages. And uh, I was looking at that. That's a really cool idea for your family. Uh, if you you know want more information on that or want to pick one of those up for the Advent season coming up, uh, I think that's a really great thing that we can do together as families in celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Let's pray again. Father, thank you. Thank you for such great reason to celebrate. Um, you know, as Josh described, just the, uh, the God of the universe uh, taking on human flesh and uh, on our behalf. And, Lord, may we go forth with uh, the joy that comes from that, but with also understanding that the message that we carry because of that, uh, even throughout the, the coming weeks of this Christmas season. Thank you again, Father, that we can rejoice in you, that we can gather together, and that we can take a look into your word and see that mirror and uh, what, it, what it shows us about ourselves and how you want to shape us more into your image, I pray. In your name, Jesus, amen. Today's message was brought to you by a guest speaker at Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.